you doing? I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. Oh, my gosh. What a week we had. What a week we had. What a week we had. And, yes, I have a jam-packed show, of course, ready to go. The caucus results are in. Oh, do I have things to say about the caucus. I am convinced 2018 is going to be ground zero for politics. Ground zero for politics. When you think of a governor's race, all the constitutional offices, the Minnesota House of Representatives, the U.S. House of Representatives, two U.S. Senators. Oh, my gosh. I, I'm i just, I'm so ready. Are you ready? Because think of, like, the Alabama race not too long ago. Think of a few of the others where it was just so crazy. Minnesota hasn't seen anything until they see what's coming our way before November of 2018. And I'm really excited about it, so I hope you guys are ready for it. Uh, today we are also going to talk about... Duluth. I have been harping on schools, well, pretty much always, uh, and the St. Paul School District has voted to strike on, I think it's Tuesday. We'll talk a little bit about that. But Duluth, what are you thinking, you people up in Duluth? They decided to boot To Kill a Mockingbird and the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn because it makes people uncomfortable. Big babies. Oh, drives me so crazy. We'll talk a little bit about what they're thinking and what a crazy, crazy, crazy idea it is. And, of course, we've probably seen the biggest betrayal of all from uh, uh, Washington, D.C. Thanks for nothing, Republicans. We give you the White House. We give you the Senate. We give you the House of Representatives. And you can't repeal Obamacare. And now you hand us a budget bill that is unbelievable. Kind of shocking to... Uh, to see the, especially the Minnesota politicians, how they voted on this budget bill. And I want to give big kudos to uh, Representative Waltz and Representative Ellison, two Democrats who voted against it, and Tom Emmer and Jason Lewis who voted against it. Woohoo! Way to go, guys. Uh, shocking. Betty McCollum voted for it. Well, you know, Betty votes for anything that's, uh, going to, you know, she'll, she'll spend money on anything. It does, debt isn't important to her. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about this latest piece of legislation that, that have, has made people upset. Um, and I want to know who you're angry at. Who gets the blame? Is it the Republicans? Is it the Democrats? Is it Trump? Is it all of the above? I guess I'd kind of go with all of the above. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll hear what you guys decide. But before we get going, the Super Bowl is over. Uh, I, I guess I want to, I want to ask people how we did. I think we did great. I was, uh, shocked how much I loved the game, shocked how much fun it was. Stan, did you see that coming? Did you see it coming? I, I was actually uh, rooting for the Eagles. I just caught the second half. I was out fishing, but, uh, it was a great second half and, uh, I'm glad the Eagles won and the city did well. I mean, they had a lot of events outside of the stadium area, which, what I heard, uh, not a lot of cities do that. It's kind of contained to one single area, but I know there was, uh, Hollywood, uh, 
people out on Lake Minnetonka fishing, you know, uh, people skiing around, doing everything. So I, I know. I, I think the city did great. The city and the state, I think everything went well. I never saw forty one thirty three though. I never saw that. And I, I think, I think like a lot of people, I thought the Patriots were gonna were gonna win. So uh, I was pretty excited about all of it. Uh, NBC was they didn't they weren't very nice to to Minnesota. They didn't say our name often enough. They didn't say enough good things about us all people did was whine about it being cold buck up people you're in minnesota in february what do you what do you expect for heaven's sakes but only 103 million people watched it they said super bowl 52 was the smallest audience since 2009 Wow. One of the greatest things that I thought was the night before when they had, uh, when the NFL honored all their players. I was really, really happy to see that JJ Watt, um, from Houston, Texas won the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. He's the guy who raised millions and millions of dollars for the hurricane victims and i was very pleased to see that the what the vikings fans already knew uh case keenum and stefan diggs minnesota miracle was named the play of the year because that was just so exciting that i i could hardly stand that now we're starting to see all these stories about the frauds about the pickpockets uh the day after the super bowl the tribune of all places ran an article about unusually high um, terror recruiting going on. And it's it's funny how all of that stuff was downplayed uh, during the course of the Super Bowl. And then afterwards, they come back and start telling you all of this stuff. And they started telling a lot about the, the numbers, the money, uh, how much, how much, how much did Minnesota have to pay to put on the Super Bowl? Well, bottom line is nobody has any nobody has any idea. Some of the businesses said they made boatloads of money. Other businesses said that they weren't nearly as busy as they thought they were going to be, as they hoped they were going to be. I told everyone that's exactly how it was in 1992. Some places just made boatloads in and others didn't. But it's hard to determine how much money Minnesota did have to fork out to pay for the Super Bowl because some of the costs will be covered by the $53 million in private fundraising that the host committee uh, paid for. But one prominent sports economist estimated that ticket revenue alone could have been worth up to $100 million. I was shocked at how much money the the ticket prices went for once the Vikings weren't in it. And I thought Philadelphia and and the Patriots, uh, whatever, you know, they'll drop down. I think the lowest I saw was probably a thousand bucks, eleven hundred dollars just for a ticket to the football game. I mean, yeah, that's that's not for us little people. That's that's for sure. Uh, and, and the tickets. Remember, I told you the tickets were, were uh, the revenue alone on the tickets could have been up to a hundred million dollars. Well, last year, the legislature legislature expanded the existing tax break on the Super Bowl tickets uh, to cover other events having to do with the NFL and parking sales and everything else. The breaks add up to about $9 million that the state didn't collect and $1.3 million for local governments, um, according to the Minnesota Department of Revenue. Senator Roger Chamberlain, thank you, Roger, for always being willing to speak up, especially about taxes and spending. Roger Chamberlain said, we're supposed to squeeze our taxpayers in the state and in the cities so the league can be exempt from 
from a few pennies here and a few pennies there. That's not right. It's extortion. These are big shakedown artists, which I have to say, I really, really, uh, really think it's true. We should get Roger in here sometime and and have him weigh in well, I think on that's that. what upsets the the average citizen the most right. is you know we can't afford to go to the game we can't afford to go and uh, attend all the sexy parties with the hobnobbers and then they're the ones that don't have to pay taxes and then when i need a pair of underwear i gotta pay taxes on it <laughs> okay you, know? you don't pay taxes on your underwear but you do pay it on on not clothing and food here in minnesota but but just about everything else exactly. and a lot of taxes especially in especially in minnesota so the philadelphia eagles won the super bowl and they defeated the patriot but guess who ultimately wins the tax man oh yeah the tax man in minnesota because the games were played in minneapolis the hundred and twelve thousand dollar bonuses paid to each of the players on the winning team and the $56,000 bonuses paid to the losers will be taxable in Minnesota, which, of course, has the some of the highest personal income tax rates in the country. Every member of the Eagles will end up paying about 7200 of their Super Bowl bonus to the state of Minnesota, and that comes on top of an estimated $23,500 federal tax hit for each of the winning players' shares. And that's just the start, by the way. Minnesota also has, did you know this, Stan? Minnesota also has a so-called jock tax. That's a tax that that athletes have to pay when they visit the state for practices and games. Income earned during the days leading up to the to the Super Bowl's big game or to Sunday's big game will be taxed at the state's top marginal income income rate of nine point eight five percent. Only California has a higher tax or jock tax than 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 any other than any other state besides us. Uh, but anyways, I thought Minnesota did a great job. Minnesota, you made me proud. Minneapolis, you made me proud. Uh, yeah, we had the protesters on the light rail transit line. Yeah, we had the indivisible Minnesota 03 um, out on the bridge overpasses in nine below wind chill to bring holding up their signs to say impeach Trump um, for everybody to see as they drove away. You had Phyllis Kahn, who during the game, I love this, Phyllis Kahn tweeting out, and I thank Andrew Lee for this because he's the one that caught this one. I only saw it on his Twitter feed. Uh, Phyllis Kahn tweets out, all Super Bowl attendees looking at the large glass window in the stadium should know it's the worst bird killer possible <laughs> built in defiance of Minnesota <laughs> state law. <laughs> <laughs> Only Phyllis. And Andrew tweeted back something like, don't you hate it when someone but like this comes to your party? But she'll take all the tax dollars from oh, dang uh, right. those people that dang were staring right. at that nice glass window. And I can't I can't uh, take the break, Stan, without talking a little bit about the airport because they had a single they broke a single day record they screened over 50,000 passengers somebody took a picture of one of the passengers and it had one of the seats from the Viking Stadium attached to the guy's luggage and the the picture said hey um you know stadium folks you looking for your seat here it is right here well the 
they ended up finding the guy and getting the seat back, or I think he paid for it, um, $125. Anybody who likes football thinks, what a deal, totally worth it, $125. Um, the airport also had Titan the Wonder Weenie Dog out there, and he was working hard to, at the airport to make sure Super Bowl passengers uh, were happy and content, and he was one of the registered therapy dogs out there. So talk about going above and beyond. Uh, I, uh, I w- will take your Kevin's phone call in just a second. And there's one more thing I want to say about the Super Bowl, too. I want to talk about this past the parka because I was really quite pleased with that. And there are now homeless people running around in these outrageously expensive coats. Uh, but I really appreciate how generous people were. And what a great idea it was for the woman from Edina to come up with that. That plan. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just uh, singing my praises of Minnesota and Minneapolis for the excellent job they did on the Super Bowl. I really, really thought it was fabulous. And kudos to the woman from Edina who came up with the pass your parka because it was so cold here. Uh, All these people had to go out and buy. I bet there's some income they didn't think they'd have coming in. They had to go out and buy big coats, big parkas and scarves and hats and mittens and everything else and in the span of three days they collected 450 parkas hats and hand warmers and other cold weather items that were donated at local hotels and then on top of that the super bowl host committee donated four pallets of gear uh so they had over 2,000 items that will help the homeless people that, of course, they booted out of the city uh, because heaven forbid that they would see some poor people, homeless people, uh, giving a negative impression of of the city. Uh, crazy, crazy. Uh, Kevin, you're our first caller of the day. Hey, Kevin, welcome. How are you doing? Awesome. Yeah, I got uh, I got a comment, and then I've got two, two questions. I added one. Okay. Here's my comment. You know, NBC complaining about the weather. What they don't realize, though, is our taxes are so extremely low that we're able to take a lot of Florida vacations. <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> no. We, I wish we were. <laughs> yeah, I wish we were, too. That's what I tell everybody. They said, you should run for governor. Anyway, um, <laughs> why is Social Security taxed in this state, and why don't the Republicans make an issue of it? They don't really care? Well, they did, and I think, if I remember right, last year in the tax bill, I think it included um, raising the limit. So now I forget what the limit is now, but now, I don't know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 is not taxed, and anything above that is taxed. So right. they did That's- try to make it him. But, of course, wouldn't you, you know, Kevin, if we had smart Republicans in this state, wouldn't they have done that in an election year? They should have. Yeah, and they also should have. double taxation because you already paid tax. Exactly. Exactly. Um, there, I mean, Minnesota is one of only a handful of, of states that that have that. And I mean, it should come as no surprise to people that we, you know, double and triple down on the on the athletes coming to town. But Social Security, vets, military pay. Yeah, that's wrong. Here's my other question. Hmm. Um, 
And by the way, Wisconsin does not have a social security tax. Here's my other question. If we have, if we control the house, then how come <laughs> these tax bills are getting passed? That's how come a we are rolling back this stuff? I know they have a governor that would veto it, but let them veto it. That's what I say too. That's exactly what I say, Kevin. And in the net, well, coming up here now, we're going to talk about caucus and we're going to talk about election 2018. And I think they should send more and more and more standalone bills and make Dayton veto them, make these people take, take votes on this kind of stuff and see what a difference it is between when the Republicans are in charge and the Democrats are in charge. When they come back after jacking up spending as high as they, did and, and then the republicans think they're going to go out to the voters and say well we only increased it 10 percent." that's not good enough and that's not the fiscal responsibility that they promised us when when we gave them control of the minnesota senate and control of the minnesota house i think there's going to be a lot of angry people and there's of course a big push to make make minnesota red coming up in 2018 but whoa Good luck. Democrats have a pretty easy job of pointing out what what uh, hypocrites the Republicans are, what empty promises they make when they want to win an election. You know what else I'd add to that? I would add to the budget bill. Uh, I'd make part of the budget the $700 million they're spending on illegals getting freebies. I know. It should be part of the budget. When you... When you look at what's happening with elder care in Minnesota, when you look at what's happening in the the foster care program, when you look at what's happening in our in our veterans uh, programs, I mean it's it's just absolutely astonishing. It's it's incredible. What about our people? Thing. I'm watching the Transformers, and I've always liked these movies <laughs> because I like technology. And I was going to ask, if Obama was a Transformer, what do you think he'd be? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, of course. You know who's in trouble now is Obama. Because, and we'll talk about that in the second hour coming up. Keep be- up the good work. Oh, thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Obama's in a lot of trouble because it's coming out that uh, guilty, 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 and you're going to see... A lot of huge scandals. Well, I'll save that for for the 4 o'clock hour. Okay, 2018. Oh, my gosh. With two Senate seats up for grabs, which is unbelievable, and the governor and five House races being deemed competitive, um, and I'm, I'm talking about District 1, which is Waltz, um, and they're having a battle down there with the Republicans between Carla Nelson and Hagedorn. I hope Hagedorn wins that one. Uh, Jason Lewis has his hands full. He'll win easily. Uh, it, they always make it seem like it's a tight race, but it's not. Good luck to Angie Craig. <laughs> no way. Jason will win. Uh, they're giving a big push on Paulson. Uh, and you know what? That that's I, I, I think Paulson's safe as safe can be, too. Betty McCollum, I saw Greg Ryan at caucus, and he's um, raring to go, ready to tackle Betty. Um, and everybody talks about what a long shot it is. It really isn't. If we can get voter turnout out, Greg, Greg Ryan can win that. Uh, Ellison, I haven't heard who's running against Ellison yet. In 
fact, I haven't, shame on me. I haven't paid much attention to five. I know we have to get rid of Keith Ellison, and I know a lot of work's been done at exposing his record, whether it's with his personal issues or whether it's with Louis Farrakhan or whoever it's with. Uh, Keith Ellison has some explaining to do, and I think the the voters might be ready for something different there, too. Um and Tom Emmer's safe in CD6. Um, I think Hughes, Dave Hughes, I have to have Dave Hughes on the show. Um, I really like him. He worked really hard. He almost beat P- um, Peterson last time in CD7, the western edge of the state. Um, I think he can win that one, even though they say it's not competitive. They say Peterson will be in there as long as he's, as long as he wants it. I don't think that's true. Trump took that district huge, and I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see Hughes maybe even win that one and now just yesterday this is so weird just yesterday rick nolan said i'm not running again yesterday the day before that he was still sending out fundraising emails asking and trying to raise money and then all of a sudden something happened and he said whoop i'm not gonna run and that has got to be poll numbers Stuart mills almost won that one but then Stuart mills came out and said nope i'm not gonna run anymore i'm not gonna run uh, for that seat, I've done it twice. That's enough. Uh, we, there's a great candidate candidate up there who's been working his butt off, uh, Pete Stauber. He's a St. Louis County commissioner, and he's been working real hard. Um, I think we were going to have him on the show. He's not a warm, friendly guy. Uh, he needs to work on that. But um, he's worked really hard. And then, of course, today, Stuart Mills comes out and says, oh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking about it. So... There's lots of stuff going on. We are going to be ground zero because of that. And plus the whole entire Minnesota House of Representatives is up and the governor's race and all the statewide offices are up for election in November of 2018. Here's the thing. Wouldn't you have thought caucus was going to be huge? Wouldn't you have thought it was going to be a huge turnout? Well, it wasn't. And it's just, it's just really astonishing when, when, when you look at the very, very poor attendance for caucus. In fact, for Republicans, the turnout for Tuesday night's caucus in Minnesota was the lowest it's been since 2002. And that's just the only reason it 2002 is because that's all the further back they have have the numbers for fewer than 11,000 people attended the GOP gatherings compared with 14,000 in 2014 and nearly 20,000 in 2010 which was the last time there was an open uh, open seat in the in the governor's office and I have a lot of um, ideas suggestions um, possibilities of why caucus was such a, a low turnout uh, and and I want to talk a little bit more about Waltz and Johnson winning those and then I want to talk about uh, Tim Pawlenty. Tim Pawlenty, does he just suck the air and the money every time there's a big election, Tim Pawlenty? Go away. When Tim Pawlenty said he wanted to run for governor again, I said, no, 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 hell no. And Stan kept telling me, ah, Sue, I'm hearing rumblings. And I'm like, no, 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 hell no. And Sue, I'm hearing, and did you just hear him? He was just whispering in my ear. Told you so, told you so. Of all people to predict it, it was me. I kept hearing. It and I kept saying, no, 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 hell no. And sure enough, 
Yeah, he's thinking about getting back in. So we'll take a quick break. When we we'll get to your phone calls, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. We'll talk about caucus. We'll talk about Tim Pawlenty. No, 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 hell no. Guess where I stand on that one. Uh, we'll talk about Johnson and Waltz winning, uh, all kinds of stuff. Elections 2018. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and Twin Cities Newstalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. How you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. We're talking caucus. We're talking election 2018. Uh, I went to caucus. I had a blast at mine. We had my whole city of New Brighton in uh, the gymnasium, and it was really fun. Basically, most people think caucus is boring, and they think it's outdated. They think it's a, a, a waste of time. I don't think it surprised anyone that Waltz and Johnson uh, came out ahead. Uh, Waltz on the Democrat side, Johnson on the Republican side. And I don't think it's any surprise, really, that the Republicans had uh, a lower turnout. Uh, say what you will, but their hatred towards Donald Trump and specifically and Republicans more generally is just a motivating factor for the Democrats. And, uh, considering, uh, considering this is Minnesota, I, I don't think the caucus attendance is really something to think about. I heard other reasons that I heard that caucus might've been a low turnout was because of the Super Bowl that the party Republican party didn't promote uh, caucus as, as competitively and as, as actively as they have in years past. Um, uh, we saw less mailers go out to the so-called party failure. Uh, and the, the date was in February last year. It was, I think in March, uh, so that month is, uh, is, is a long time in, in politics. And well, I don't think you should take anything too seriously about that at all. That said, I'm not kidding you. Minnesota is going to be ground zero. Minnesota is going to be so crazy. There are going to be staggering amounts of money flowing into Minnesota to try to influence the voters, to to try to influence people. Two Senate seats up for grabs. That's like almost unheard of. Uh, Both Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith have to go. And I think we can make a great case for getting rid of one and both of them. Really, truly, I do. I think we can make a case for not having another Democrat governor. And then uh, at my caucus, we had people were very, very receptive towards Doug Wardlow, who's running as attorney general. I love Doug Wardlow. We'll have to have him on. He's been on the show before. We'll have to have him on again. Uh, they were, um, they didn't really know who Pam Myra was and she's running for auditor, but you know what? They had their ears open and they were listening about her. I yelled at everyone cause we still don't have a secretary of state. Uh, Steve Simon is no great secretary of state people. We got to come up with a secretary of state candidate. It is February. We should be getting ready to, to go on all of that. Probably the thing that bummed me out the most of all, all of everything is Tim Pawlenty. For God's sakes, Tim Pawlenty, you were the you you were governor for eight years. You know, I don't eight. have a big stick. Ah, <laughs> oh, for eight years, 
And then what does he do? Eight years that he used Minnesota as his springboard, not for what was best for Minnesota, not what was best for the people of Minnesota, not what was best for Republicans in Minnesota. No, no. It was all about Tim Pawlenty and his springboard into the national stage and his quest to be the president of the United States of America. And nobody wanted him. Nobody wanted him. So now... When Tim Pawlenty tried to run for president of the United president in the United States, he sucked money and air and energy out of Minnesota and Democrats won everything. Democrats won everything in Minnesota because we are Tim Pawlenty's meal ticket for whatever his next endeavor is then what does he do after he doesn't win that he goes off to wall street and he becomes a a lobbyist making what couple million dollars a year lobbying the do you know what tina liebling tina liebling one of the democrat candidates for governor tweeted out i would welcome tim palenti to the race for governor he's a man of the people a very few very rich people and that's what we're gonna have to have to put up with um Tim Pawlenty won't win. Once again, he will suck the air and suck the money out of the governor's race. I would be so angry if I was a, a candidate running for statewide go- government in the state of Minnesota, or if I was a gubernatorial candidate. Who do you think you are, Tim Pawlenty? What, you got tired with your old shtick, and so now you want to come back for us? What, you got another... Uh, another um, little tickle in your brain my that you want to come back and be president next in 2020 biggest, my biggest problem though is if he does come back and he does go to the primary and he does win all these little weenies are gonna get right behind him and oh yeah he's I'm our not, guy he's I'm our guy i'm gonna have to run against him oh it just makes but me do you so not agree sick. that's what will happen uh i think there are a lot of people who won't vote for him I think it will cost minute. I, I, I think there is no way Tim Pawlenty can win. I absolutely not. The, the political atmosphere is much different than when Tim Pawlenty was around before. Uh, the Star Tribune came out and they said Tim Pawlenty was seeking a million dollars in commitments to run for governor. Uh, and uh, give me a break, Tim. Just get out of here. Go away. Leave us alone. Where was Tim Pawlenty for the seven years, for the seven years that we've had Governor Mark Dayton? Where have you been, Tim Pawlenty? What have you done for Minnesota? Huh? What? Have you, did you pay off the party debt? Did you help elect Republicans? Did you any, do anything to try to, try to get rid of Mark Dayton to endorse candidates who might be able to get rid of him? No. No, you didn't. Get out of here, Tim Pawlenty. You've done enough damage to our state. Just absolutely ridiculous. Now, he hasn't officially, uh, went out there and said he's going to run yet, but what about, you know, the winner, Jeff Johnson? How do you think he's going to fare? Well, First of all, Minnesota hasn't had an endorsement yet. There's actually a petition out there that I'll tell you about a little bit later. Um, a petition out there saying get behind the endorsed candidate. It's most likely Jeff Johnson will win the endorsement. Uh, and then Tim Pawlenty, who, who made sure that the party crushed everyone who dared want to run against Tim Pawlenty, who dared stand up against Tim Pawlenty, who dared to tell you, him how, how, what horrible things he was doing for the people of Minnesota. Yeah, it was me. And you know what? Now all of a sudden, that process doesn't matter anymore. Now all of a sudden, he thinks he can be Governor Dayton 2.0 and come in and say, oh, 
yeah. You know, because remember, Mark Dayton did that. Remember, Mark Dayton did that. So that's crazy, 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 crazy. So Tim Pawlenty, no, no, hell no. Go away. Quit sucking the air and the money out of our state and doing nothing for us. What is he thinking? Come back in and stroll back in seven or eight years later and say, oh, yeah, hey, I'm back here. Welcome me back. I'm your rock star. No, you're not. We've moved on, Tim. Go away. All right. Um, And yes, we have lots of phone callers now, too. Stay tuned, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. We're talking about the 2018 elections. We're talking about the ridiculous idea that Tim Pawlenty jumps in the race. And then then he has the nerve to quit his, what, million or two million dollar a year uh, Wall Street lobbying job and then say, oh, yeah, I need to have a million dollars in commitments to run for governor. No, Tim Pawlenty. No, no. Hell no. We don't want you uh i'm happy to see that so many of you want to weigh in on this let's start with dan dan you're up first hi dan welcome to the show hello sue yes hey, i did go to the caucus um there were four of four guys oh no dan where do you live hopkins liberal oh. usa yeah, um, but... next to st louis park another liberal usa but oh that's too bad i uh yeah so now i'm a, i'm assistant Vice chair or whatever. I don't know what it's called. But, well, uh, welcome to the party. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I, I, was, I really like Jeff Johnson, but I did not really like that he was kind of milk toast in the last election. You know, I agree with you on that, Dan, and I have had that conversation with Jeff Johnson, and I think we're already seeing a different Jeff Johnson uh, um, just in what I've seen leading up to this so far. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that the this whole process will make him a sharper and better candidate. The idea that Tim Pawlenty thinks he can just come and jump right in is just yeah, absolutely Tim ridiculous. Pawlenty, irritates me, you know, especially this whole thing on ethanol subsidy baloney. Right. That just ticked me off. And that, yeah, he, you know, yeah, I mean, he's certainly any any Republican is infinitely better than any stupid Democrat. Um, but I'm kind of liking. Um, the number two guy. Uh, Undecided was the number two guy in the caucus poll. For governor, wasn't it um, Keith Downey? Nope. Undecided was number two. And Tim like Pal- Keith Downey. He's got some fire in his belly. Well, I'll tell you something. Most people don't like Keith Downey. They don't trust Keith Downey. He's a party insider because he was the president um, uh, or the chair of the Republican Party of Minnesota. I do not see a path forward for Keith Downey, but I've been wrong before. Stan I, think just, I heard he's not. I heard <clears throat> that he is the outsider. He kind of turned things around because we he were ran the party for four, he ran the party for four years or for four years or six years, whatever it was. The party was still in debt and still had it, the party's. The party is currently still in debt, Dan. Nobody's yeah. managed to take care of that. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. I'm not a fan of Keith Downey, but Stan asked me if, um, starting next month, if we could have some of these candidates on air so that we could talk to them and hear what they have to say. We could have yeah. Keith Downey on. We could have Jeff Johnson on. We could even have that, um, Mary Murphy, the, uh, governor, or the mayor Mary, of Woodbury. Mary Giuliani. 
Yeah, well, her name's Mary Murphy, but whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> wouldn't you want to throw the name Giuliani out there, too? Yeah, I would. Um, right. uh, I think she should stay in Woodbury. But you know what? I, I like Stan's idea to get them in and say, I'll even have Lance Johnson, whoever that guy is, I'll even have him him on to talk about some of this stuff because, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, ready. What irritates me the most, like our, our party chair now, bless her heart, she goes on The Good Neighbor or she goes on TV, she just kind of takes it. She's got to get right in the face of Esme Murphy and say, Esme, I know your politics, and just start slamming her. Don't answer the question. Yeah. Come she, at her and fight. This she has lay poor... Down for these media elites. Right. She has you poor know, messaging. So annoying. Yep, poor messaging. And, of course, when the very first thing when they said, do you want Tim Pawlenty in the race, she said we'd welcome him. Well, we have a process, Jennifer. We have a process for how we go about determining who the endorsed nominee is. And it isn't having some guy quit his Wall Street job when we haven't seen him for seven or eight years and have him come back and say, oh, yeah, give me a million dollars and I'll run for governor for you again as my springboard to the 2020 presidential campaign. No, Tim Pawlenty. Hell no. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your comments. Who's next? Kim, you're next. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Kim. Hi, Kim. Whoop. I think I hung up on her. Okay, Paul, you're next. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. How are you doing? Good, good. What do you think? I think uh, everybody I know that voted for Palenti feels utterly betrayed by the guy. Totally betrayed. Totally. And I don't think, and and I know people that are, are involved with that. You know, they voted for Trump. I voted for Trump. Um. They won't vote for plenty. They say, I'll vote independent. Uh, and you know what, Don? I think you're right about that. I think a lot of people will feel that way. They already feel betrayed by the Republican Party, especially the Republican Party of Minnesota. And I think I, I think you'll see a lot of that. I, I think you'll see a lot of people say, I'll vote independent. And I just got one more thing to add. If the Republicans really want to get out the vote, they got to start educating outstate Minnesota about all the money these kooky liberals in the cities here are, are wasting and proposing, like the $1.5 billion trolley car to nowhere. I know. I know. Isn't that just uh, unbelievable? Ugh. Yeah, they so, got a lot of bad ideas. We should be crushing them all. So, yeah, thank and they you. should be educating people in outstate Minnesota about it because they don't know what's going on. We should be educating people everywhere. No, you know, our friend John Gilmore says we have the dumbest Republicans in the nation here in Minnesota, and he's right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he's right. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Christy, you're up next. Hi, Christy. Hey, Sue. Oh, it's my friend, Christy. It is. Oh, Christy, I was going to have you on the show like two weeks ago. I can't remember what was happening. It was something about wind, big wind, or something about solar, <laughs> and I was so mad. I go, I got to call Christy about this. She's got to come on. I'll have to get you up here next month, and we can talk. Are you a big fan of Tim Palenti? Never. Never Tim Palenti. I am a never Palenti person. Oh, me I voted, too. I voted for him both times he ran before and won, and I would never, ever vote for him again. And the major reason is the 2007 renewable energy mandate. Exactly, exactly. has caused my electric rates to more than double, and 
wind turbines destroy rural America. Every rural community they are built in, it ruins the health of the people living there. It rips the community apart. It destroys the structure of rural communities. It's a complete mess. I mean, it's horrible. There is no upside to renewable energy, and that's what he ran on. And I will remind people that when Timmy was running for governor, I mean, wanting to run for president, he made a deal with T. Boone Pickens that if T. Boone um, would get his permit in Goodhue County to build the Goodhue County Wind Project, that he would help fund Timmy's run for president. And he met with Tim Pawlenty here in Minnesota, and I heard from somebody who attended that meeting what went on there. And it was a quid pro quo. I mean, they weren't quite that clear because, of course, they had to dance around and pretend it wasn't a quid pro quo, but it was. And that is, it's a bunch of crap. So, no, Mr. Green Jeans, I would never vote for you. (laughs) And what you've done is horrible to the state of Minnesota. Horrible. Christy, we're going to start the movement right here. Never plenty. I'm on board. I'm on board, too. Thanks, Christy. I'll call you and have you up here uh, sometime next month. Okay. 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 Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Richard, you're up next. Hi, Richard. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sue. I I loved your... uh rant on on palenti i could not disagree with you on anything never palenti never 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 you know what richard think about this what the heck you know what he leaves where's he been for seven years did he pay off did he pay off the party debt did he do anything to elect republicans either statewide or on a on a federal level did he do anything to help minnesota did he help message did no he just went off and lobbied wall street and then he thinks he can come back into minnesota and say hey i'm your guy get the hell out of here well there's a couple of things that uh i wanted to let dan know about keith you know, oh, okay, uh, okay. If you add up Keith's vote and the undecided, they're just a little bit over half of what um, Jeff Johnson got. Jeff Johnson got. So that's a lot of people that don't care. And the other thing that I have a problem with Keith was the scathing problems that they had internally with him and Chris Fields. Oh, do you remember that? Oh, oh yeah. I bet people forgot that. That was yeah. ugly. And you can't take care of your internal problems. What are you going to do externally? And he and he never paid off the debt. No, that's no. what he ran on. But <laughs> hey, uh, on a, on a, two notes. Number one, I want to run a campaign of having the wood tick as our state insect, <laughs> so that. You know, we have the loon as our state bird and the wood tick as our state insect. You can tell people we live in a lunatic state. Oh, good one. Very good. (laughs) But on a serious, serious, serious note, I will go to my grave on this. I retired from MnDOT as a bridge inspector. And I had a face-to-face argument with uh, Governor Pawlenty at the time. He said that the bridge went down because of engineering defect on the gusset plates. Right. And I used some somewhat Donald Trump language. (laughs) And uh, I said that if it was an engineering defect, why wasn't it taken care of in 1974, 84, 94, 2004? And he said? Nothing. You know, he just, his mouth just dropped. I said, 
you are putting salt on that bridge 24-7 for black ice in the winter because it's over the river. Then you go ahead and cut costs. You put a sprinkler system that sprinkles salt brine, which is salt water, for black ice. And what does that do to steel? I'm a firm believer that that bridge went down because of neglect. Wow. And um, Well, you know what? We'll uh, have to have that topic another day. They're really well, starting we, we to... Well, but uh, I, I, I do, uh, like, I, you know... How in the world, when you're talking about educating Minnesota, how is it that we elected Dayton two terms? Al I don't Franken, know. I don't terms? know. I don't know. Oh, sorry, I'm, that, sorry, I'm out of time. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm out of time, Richard. I got to go. Uh, we're down to about 30 seconds here. When we come back, Don Lee is going to join us. Don Lee, um, the LEA Banquet is coming up. I tell you about the LEA Banquet every year. It's my favorite group to be a part of. Your dues are $10 every year, and they have a party once a year. All get together and hand out awards for who made us proud over at the legislature. We just had um, Don in here, what was it, maybe a month ago? Well, the banquet's coming up in two weeks, so Don Lee is going to tell us about that. And we'll talk about what's coming up in the legislative session in two weeks. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.